Welcome to LongTrailPodcast.com, a new series of podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail, the oldest long-distance hiking trail in the United States. We are podcasting from Delray Beach, Florida, our home away from the Green Mountains during our non-hiking months. I'm Ruff, and my wife, who is also my hiking partner, is Tumble. Okay, today we're chatting with Ho and Hum, two gentlemen who recently completed a section hike of the Long Trail. Welcome, Ho. Thank you. And yep. welcome, Hum. Hello, how are you? Good, good. Uh, thanks for giving me and longtrailpodcast.com uh, this opportunity to learn about you and your long trail experiences. I thought I'd start off by asking you to tell us a little bit about yourselves. How do you guys know each other and where you're from and uh, a little bit about your background and previous hiking and camping experience? How about uh, if we start out with Ho? Okay. Uh, well, we're brothers, so we've known each other for <laughs> a long time. I'm uh, 67 years old and uh, Hum is 69, so... We qualify as seniors, or we like to talk of ourselves as geezer hikers. Um, I live in North Clarendon, Vermont at the moment, but uh, both of us grew up in Glenrock. Uh, I've done a lot of hiking over the years, but, but never a through hike. It's mostly day hiking, um, scout uh, hikes, tenting. But I've always wanted to do a through hike, uh, especially north of Brandon Gap. Okay, and uh, how about you, Hum? Okay, I'm as uh, as Ho uh, said. I'm uh, 69 years old, uh, and as far as uh, experience, I just retired as a scoutmaster of our, our local troop after 10 years, and I've been active with that troop for over 30 years. I've done a lot of hiking. Um, the troop, of course, is uh, we do a backpacking trip each year. Uh, and I've been active with that. I've, I've done probably over 200 miles of the Appalachian Trail, but that's these are short hikes. My family is we've hiked in most of the national parks: Yosemite Glacier, Yellowstone Grand Canyon, Bright Zion, Shenandoah, and probably some more. So I've been I've had a lot of experience uh, in hiking, and, and and I love hiking. I also am part of my son's racing team. He was an Eagle Scout with our troop, and he does adventure racing, so I'm their support crew. So they go out, and the, like the last race was in Montana, uh, and do uh, they do a lot of hiking and biking and things like that. So I, I love hiking. Uh, this is the first uh, long uh, experience, long uh, through hike that, that I have done, and I've learned a lot. Well, that's great. It looks like you both bring a lot of experience to the um, to this adventure. Um, of course, I'm wondering how did you get your trail names, Ho and Hum. <laughs> I guess I better start. Uh, my my family uh, has nicknamed me a long time ago Umberto. My name's Robert, but don't ask me how they came <laughs> up with that. But it it kind of indicates that they always thought I was the humble one of the crew. Uh, so that's how the the Hum came around, and they've called me that for probably 40 years. So that's where my trail name came okay, from. That was, and that was a natural. That was a natural. And uh, brother? So I thought that Ho would naturally go with Hum, since you know, we're <laughs> probably pretty Ho-Hum. But it also kind of meaningful to me, because I like to uh, do a lot of Ho-Ho-Hoing, especially around Christmas time, it, you know, if you try it, uh, it, it's kind of a, a, an uplift. To, to, 
Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> All right. Well, your uh, your season is coming up pretty soon. Uh, next month is the holiday season. And um, it's certainly easy to remember Ho and Hum. It's just uh, the way rough and tumble seem to work for us. Right. Um, of course, um, now I'm wondering, with uh, especially with the experience that Hum had uh, as a scoutmaster and, and hiking, um, why the long trail? I got roped into it by my brother. I'm a I'm an avid skier, and we just happened to be uh, plan have a family vacation up in uh, Rutland, uh, skiing Kellington. So we were only 10 miles uh, away from from uh, Ho's abode. So we together, and uh, he started talking about his long-term interest in hiking the Long Trail, and he didn't even ask. He said that. Yeah, I might be able to do that because, like I said, with my experience with with hiking, I always loved hiking, and and uh, a two week two week trail hike uh, sounded like a good idea. So that's how we got on okay. the long trail. Okay, so it's all hose fault. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Now, did you know a lot about the long trail, or is this pretty much a um, you know a, a brand new slate? I've I've hiked the Long Trail for, uh, quite a lot, especially uh, in the 70s and 80s. But as I mentioned, all south of the uh, Brandon Gap, it's all day hikes, and uh, used to do it with my uh, kids. In fact, there was one memorable 16-mile hike over the Killington section, which we did in the rain. And I think I learned from that because we were really unprepared and got really cold, and were probably on the edge of hypothermia wow. by the end. But um, wow. You know, the Long Trail has always been, you know, a beautiful attraction, and, and I've always wanted to do, you know, I've heard so much about the northern sections that we did, and uh, that's what I really wanted to do, but I didn't want to do it alone, so, yeah, I guess you could say I roped my brother into it, but uh, I'm glad he did. Okay, well, so, really. so once he agreed, however reluctantly, then you had to decide what section of the Long Trail to hike, right? And uh, it sounds like you chose the northern section, um, and... What were the reasons for that? I think that was my fault. <laughs> uh, the uh, since I felt we would be fresh, uh, I I picked the Mount Mansfield uh, section first. Big mistake, but that's what we did. Uh, and of course, the selection of the the northern section, of course, was hose. It was just that we wanted to do the uh, uh, the Mansfield and the. Uh, you know the camel's hump areas, the the the, the beautiful peaks that I've always wanted to do, and I've read many uh, blogs about how great it is and and difficult. So that that kind of was the the main choice as to where to exactly start and whether to go north or south. That uh, you know that sort of came about. Okay, is there any um, any guidance you might give other hikers in terms of what direction to hike? Well, I think it worked out uh, well for us. We started out, you know, going south from Johnson down to Jonesville, and uh, I don't think either direction there. But I, the the next section, that was a five-day hike, but we did a four-day hike from Appalachian Gap up to Duxbury Road, and actually Hum came up with it. <laughs> the choice of that was north because that gave us a tremendous gain in terms of elevation, you know, it was much more down on that going north than, than going south. So that was, okay. that was a great idea. Okay. And the, the third part, that was the single day 
from Lincoln Gap to Appalachian Gap. It didn't matter too much as far as elevation gain, so that was that was pretty much arbitrary that we went north that that day. Okay, so you kind of take into account um, you know what the elevation gain would be and Definitely. some of, some of the features uh, that you might encounter along the way. Okay, now we now we get to preparation. You did this as an August hike, I understand, and right. uh, you had to consider your equipment and what you were going to eat, and um, you had to get in shape, I would imagine. Right. Um, could you take us through some of your prep? How you start? Okay, so you know we both did a lot of preparation. I kind of started, I think, with the mentor program, and uh, and I think that's a great program the Green Mountain Club does. Put me in touch with you, Ruff and Tumble, uh, and uh, you're tremendous help. I'd, I'd recommend that to anybody in terms of um, looking at your end-to-end journal or you know other journals by the end-to-end hikers was very informative about you know most aspects of equipment and terrain and you know what goes on on a through hike and the podcasts on equipment and uh and meals were were very helpful I'm glad to hear that of course looked at the looked at the long trail guide and the end-to-end guide and uh, the long trail map which you know, were essential really to prepare for the hike. Um, and then deciding on equipment, buying it, uh, and putting it all together, you know, with uh, Eastern Mountain Sports Coleman stores and going through what was available. We both did a lot of training hikes. I, I think, had an advantage of being able to train on the long trail, which, you know, I think uh, we get back to it, but Hum didn't have a lot of mountains to, to go over there in Maryland or Baltimore. But I did about eight training hikes, uh, about 80 miles, and you know, over 50 miles of that on the long trail. Wow. And I started with uh, 25 pounds, uh, and then I increased it to 30 pounds, but that still, I found out in the end, wasn't enough. I really wound up carrying about 35 pounds, and that would be another comment to, you know, to train with the full pack weight. Um, I also attended the Long Trail Festival just before the... Uh, the start of the hike, and, and that was great because oh. they had these sessions, uh, panel sessions with uh, experienced hikers, and two hikers we we met, uh, Wind Talker and Mom, who were very experienced hikers. They did the whole AT, and they led a training session where I met them first. That uh, was extremely informative about care and feeding on the hike. We'll get back to that, but we later met them on the trail. Mm-hmm. I'd expected mm-hmm. to meet them. Uh, well, I would uh, just add for our audience a couple things you mentioned. The Green Mountain Club does run a end-to-end mentoring program, and these are volunteer folks uh, like myself and Tumble, who um, you know are available to uh, interact with folks who are planning end-to-end hikes. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that that was helpful. Um, also, you mentioned the Long Trail Festival, which is an annual get-together in Rutland, Vermont. Um, I believe it's also done in, in, in the August time frame, and there is a website uh, that's maintained for that festival to give you an idea what kind of events are there. Okay, uh, so your pack weight, um, you both there ended up in the 30s, right? Yeah. And now how about you, uh, Hum? Your, your conditioning was more of a challenge. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, I live in Maryland, and Maryland uh, does not have the uh, challenging peaks that Vermont has. Uh, we have hills, and it is often referred to by true hikers of the AT as the lane section of the AT. But we have, I live in a hilly section. I, I did a lot of training in and around my home, actually, because we have, I live 
in a hilly area. Uh, we have hills out near the reservoir, close to close to me, um, and I did it with typically 25 to 30 pounds. However, and we'll get into it, it it really wasn't adequate. Um, did a lot of miles, but it wasn't adequate to prepare for the uh, continuing uh, up up climbing of the long trail. So that that was basically my my preparation. Okay. Um, and you had were you planning meals for about five days or seven days? Initially, we were planning on uh, doing seven days before we took a break and come back. I think that we found out was certainly a mistake. But we were uh, carrying food for seven days initially, which we uh, soon realized was uh, too ambitious. We cut that back to five days, but it did, as uh, you're, you're suggesting, increase our weight beyond what we really needed to do for the first uh, leg of the hike. Okay. Go ahead. And from my experience, that that was a huge factor the, the first week uh, was carrying too much too much food. Okay, so that that's one area that if you look back, you could have uh, cut back a little bit on, uh, given the resupply opportunities. Right. Uh, Besides correct. that, I, I think you know, uh, at least I think Hum was a little bit guilty in the beginning of carrying or, or thinking he was going to carry a lot of extra stuff. I mean, he showed up <laughs> uh, the first night with about 45 or maybe more pounds of stuff. And I think, you know, I don't remember all he had, but pots and pans and, uh, you know, things that uh, I initially encouraged him to, you know, that he probably might not need. And at first he resisted that suggestion, but just, you know, after he went to bed, actually, the, the night before, he came back down. <laughs> I guess he must have had a lot of second thoughts, and he took about 10 pounds of that out. So... That was certainly, I think, uh, a very good move. And I would say that, you know, besides being able to take the resupply uh, advantage and not, not carry too much food, to you know, go for the lighter equipment. I mean, uh, I think compared to what you had on your uh, experience, Ruff, we were a good 10 pounds or more over what you you managed to carry, and, and that certainly would be desirable, I guess, with lighter equipment and um you know, which is, tends to be a little more expensive, but I think um, well worth the investment. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's very, very good advice. Um, now we can talk about uh, what your hike was actually like. Uh, you went through some rugged terrain. You had, um, I would imagine, some weather challenges, given that this past summer in Vermont was extremely wet. Maybe you could talk about uh, a little bit about the hike. I'm wondering, in addition to terrain and weather, whether or not you stayed together while you were hiking during the day and um, if you met anybody else out there. Well, let me start. Uh, this is um, it, the, the trail to me was a surprise. I was used to the Appalachian Trail, which I would almost call a dude trail compared to the long trail and the conditions uh, on the trail. It, the long trail, as far as my view, was, was tough. It was narrow, lots of obstacles, wet, muddy, steep, and at parts risky. And a lot more up than I was uh, I was prepared for. It was it was uh, for me a, a huge huge challenge. I think we said that um, it was me who picked the Mount Mansfield area because I thought we would be I, I would be uh, fresh and have lots of energy. After the first day when uh, we went uh, up 
a lot. <laughs> uh, uh, I had second thoughts, but uh, oh, you can continue from there. Yeah, well, I, I think we started from Johnson going south, like I mentioned, and, you know, the first uh, few miles were really a breeze. I mean, we got to Bear Hollow Shelter less time than we had even figured, but that, that turned out to be a mistaken calculation. So well, we thought that we had this thing really beaten that we would be ahead of what we thought we would be, but soon we were going up Whiteface uh, Mountain, and uh, we immediately realized <laughs> Um, first, this was going to be much tougher than we uh, than either of us had ever experienced, and much slower. It uh, turned out that though know, I had done some uh, initial planning as, as to where we think we could get each day, and I took the Green Mountain Club guidelines, but I think they're designed for hikers maybe 40 years younger than us. <laughs> well, and, that's uh, that's and it uh... turned out to be. Go ahead, Ralph. Well, no, I'm just saying I want to add that you, you both have a very um, interesting perspective as what you call geezer hikers, and uh, certainly Ruff and um, Tumble and, and myself are, are entering that phase. And uh, there are some different considerations for folks who are, you know, beyond age 55 that are attempting to backpack on the long trail. So, you know, that's that's very interesting. Yeah, well, the, the pace, actually, if I took the Green Mountain Club guidelines – I had figured on the initial itinerary that we would get almost uh, as far as we got in two weeks. We got only that uh, that we would get as far in one week as it actually took us two weeks to get. I mean, our pace mm-hmm. was probably well, it's even hard to say what the uh, the average was, but it was certainly uh, not much better than than one mile per hour average and going up like Mount Mansfield it, it just was much much slower than the Green Mountain Club guidelines uh, would have suggested but you know we did see some uh, wonderful sections we mostly had dry weather actually it was extremely wet in July as you mentioned but uh, the time we did we did not have a lot of rain so you know we were mostly dry on Mount Mansfield and um Burnt Rock and Camel Sump. Uh, we did have one our last day going over uh, uh, Lincoln Peak and Mount Abraham. That that was a, a wet day, so we got some good experience wearing our rain gear. We met, uh, as I mentioned, uh, Windtalker and Mom, uh, who were the uh, people I had met at the Long Trail Festival. We met them the first day, actually. I knew that they were going to come start the same place. They were going to start in Johnson. They started a little bit after us, and we we met them on uh, Whiteface Mountain going up. They were much faster than us, so they passed us, but we managed to actually stay with them, although much slower on average for those first five days. We actually uh, stayed in the same shelters with them every night, which turned out to be tremendously uh, making the hike much more enjoyable. Uh, you know, one thing is that Randy is a, a gifted flute player. He played his Native American flute he brought with him every night at sunset, and, and this was just ethereal um, hearing that mm-hmm. flute music in the sunset. They, they, you know, because of their experience, they could kind of advise us in real time. And you know, well, when we get to the shelter, what's what? You know, there there are all kinds of details about hanging your food and hanging up your packs. Yes. And, and, and you know, these little things 
you just learn, and, and, and they were the perfect people to teach us. And they also, um, when we were climbing Mount Mansfield, um, fortunately, were, were ahead of us. That was a, a pretty difficult climb uh, north of uh, going to the summit, some some really, you know, straight-up sort of rock climbs, and, and um, they coached us up, some of those, and that that, that really helped. So, um, well, I hope that uh, both of them get a chance to listen to this podcast, and um, maybe um, one of us or both of us can email them and let them know when it's when it's up there. Now, you did stay together while you hiked, though, right? Oh, we did. Yes, we forgot that. Yeah, we did. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I think uh, you know. Of course, a lot of people don't do that, but I think in terms of safety, you know, the, the couple of times we took some pretty bad falls and, and, and near bad falls and you know I just my feeling is that you know for us anyway maybe as older hikers safety is paramount and if you know somebody got hurt you want to be right there so yeah. Yeah, we stayed together it, it, it was amazing it took us it was slower going down than it was up and I'm not used to that hiking the Appalachian Trail because it's always twice as fast going down as it is up so that that was um, that was very interesting, uh, but uh, as I said, we we did luck out on the weather, especially on the top of Mount Mansfield. It was it was gorgeous up there, and uh, and for me, who had never done anything this uh, this strenuous, it, it was it was hard, but it was a fabulous experience. The uh, I think as we talked. For other other uh, senior hikers, don't overestimate the distance you're going to make. I, I think, uh, Ruff, in your your summary, she said you were going uh, five six miles a day as senior hikers, and that's probably probably a pretty good goal. Mm-hmm. Uh, it depends on where the shelters are, but uh, right. that's kind of what we did. Now, did you uh, stay in the shelters or did you tent? Totally in the shelters. Yep. The first night at Sterling Pond Shelter, we were lucky because, well, it, it were seven people total, and uh, you know the caretaker for some reason that night uh, wasn't there, so there was just enough room for seven of us to kind of lie like, uh, you know, end to end like sardines in a can, <laughs> but just just right. barely enough room. So. Okay, so you planned to stay in the shelters. You, did did you sure. carry a tent? We carried tents, and you know, one of my comments would be is it would have been nice if we got to try the tent thing. Actually, um, we were always prepared. You know, if we couldn't make it to the shelter because of our slow hiking, sometimes we weren't sure that we would be able to get to the next shelter, especially on the first day to get to Sterling Pond before dark. So we had planned that yes, we would tent, you know, wherever we could on the way. And, and, and so I it, think it would be important to, to know how to, you know. To do that. So at least as a uh, as a backup plan or a contingency, it's even if you plan to stay in shelters, it's good to carry your uh, your own shelter uh, just Correct. in case. Okay. Yeah, we both had tents, and and mine was quite frankly a kid tent that I bought specifically okay. for that because it weighed two pounds. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it worked. It would have worked. Now you mentioned uh, it was a little more strenuous than you thought, at least on the climbs, and and um, much slower on the downs. Was there anything else that was unexpected, you know, as you sat down and you thought about this hike, and then you once you got out there, what were some things that either occurred or you encountered that you had not expected? In terms of the hiking times, like I said, uh, we didn't expect to be that slow. And, uh, you know, the estimates that uh, we got from the Green Mountain Club, 
you know, I would uh, say in retrospect that, you know, if, to, to use much more realistic estimates. We expected to hike seven days. As I mentioned, we, we, you know, that was unrealistic. And, and five days would, uh, you know, is what we wound up doing. And I think that was probably the maximum that anybody would want to do. You know, the more realistic training hikes in terms of carrying your actual pack weight and, you know, going over the kind of terrain that's possible that you, uh, um, you would encounter. And I guess we did not expect to uh, have as much trouble, at least on the first day, of, of finding water, you know, and I would kind of say that as a learning experience. Uh, we didn't pay enough attention to carefully reading the long trail guide, which tells you exactly where the water was. And, and, and um, all of the uh, majority of the first day, we, we didn't find water. Fortunately, we did not run out, but... Um, you know that was a a lesson of of knowing where the water is. That's the most important um, thing you need on the trail, in my opinion. Okay, hum. And for me, um, what I learned is that I, we were drinking enough water so they weren't thirsty, but we were still both dehydrated. Right. And my recommendation would be to drink more water than you think you need. Uh, and one of the things we found out that we brought a lot of dry food, especially for breakfast, and that didn't work out real well. They, they weren't tasty after a few days. It was hard to digest them. Yeah. Um, so we, we, we kind of switched our, our, our plans at the second week and went with wetter meals um, so that we could digest them. Okay. All right. I'd, men- I'd mention one more thing I think that was important. In, um, in terms of uh, safe equipment, um, maybe Hom wants to elaborate, but, it, but his pack was an older pack that is not secure enough and um, it tended to swing around and this was especially bad climbing uh, you know up the straight ledges especially now, when, on the when you say um, older pack what you mean the type of pack it was yeah it was an old frame pack uh, it actually was one of the donated packs to my scout troop it was very rugged and it was okay. a good quality one but the but the balance uh, was bad uh, and it I couldn't adjust it to me tight enough so it didn't swing around from the top. Um, even though I, I had it balanced as far as weight, you know, most right. of the weight was on the bottom, right. it still swung around too much. So in the future, uh, that pack will go back to the troop, and then uh, I'll get a new one. <laughs> okay, so because when you're rock climbing or you're heading down or ducking under things, I imagine you're you're in a lot of different physical positions that Correct. put strain on your pack. Yeah, and it moved. It, yeah, like when, I said, mine moved around a little too too much. When he was going up those ledges, as I said, summiting Mount Mansfield, and Randy uh, and Windtalker was above us, coaching us up. You know, Hum's pack would swing around enough that you would think that it would catapult him right off the ledge. I mean, this, as both Randy and I, uh, or Tucker and I agreed later, this kind of blew our minds. It freaked mm-hmm. us out to, to see, um, you know, in, in what was apparent danger. I'd say another point on that we learned about uh, safety was uh, rain gear. I didn't have the problem, but... On our last day of hiking, wearing a poncho in, in the very rainy uh, over Mount Abraham, I, I guess Hum encountered some you know, what he thought was fairly dangerous 
climbing down, you know, straight down, down, uh, climbing with a with a poncho on. Couldn't see his feet. Couldn't see his, you know, where he was stepping, and just took it off and got wet. But uh, you know, dangerous not to be able to see where you're placing your feet uh, going yeah. downhill. Right. So, so that would be my recommendation, just to bring an, an extra an extra attachment to uh, to tie it tie the bottom part to your body, you know, um, some sort of a belt or whatever to right. do that. That's uh, so that it doesn't go out from your body. We had been um, others had uh, uh, oh, told me that others had made that observation, but he didn't have the problem, but I did. Okay. Well, that's I'm really uh, that he is. that's great. That's great. How tall are you? I'm six three. Six three. Yes. Okay. So uh, securing the bottom of that poncho is a, is a great tip. Uh, anything else that uh, you might want to add in terms of uh, tips or advice for senior hikers or, or hikers in general on the long trail? Yeah, just make sure the weather's great. <laughs> <laughs> I go back over the points, you know, the, use the Green Mountain Club mentor program in preparation and do, you know, lots of training with realistic pack weight and uh, topography Bring your pack weight to a minimum. You know, ours was too much, so lightweight equipment don't carry any more than you need. But I would say don't go beyond five days uh, before you do some zero days. Safety is paramount. And, you know, I was looking at, uh, I was reminded of one of experience, Marge Fish, who was the current, who is the current president of the Green Mountain Club. Actually, the day before we got to uh, the Montclair Glen, uh, lodge uh, broker femur right there just a little away from the, the lodge and um, you know had some good advice in, in the recent uh, Green Mountain Club newsletter about being prepared um, for such an experience it took her hours to be carried out of there and she had a list of uh, things to carry I think we had them all and, you know whistle space blanket and first aid kit and all that but uh, that, that's paramount Got to be right. prepared for uh, whatever might happen, and you know it, there are some dangerous uh, places, in my opinion, that uh, one could easily get hurt, including the, the president mm-hmm. of the club. Well, um, Hum, your brother is uh, is is sitting there saying, "Be prepared." That's probably something you've heard over and over <laughs> as a, as a scoutmaster. Uh, yeah, like every week, <laughs> you go well, through the through the sayings, you know, the slogan and the right. motto, and that's the motto. Uh, well, but that's, sounds- that's right. Sounds like he got the message. For both of you, as you look to uh, 2010 and beyond, um, do you have any plans, anything on tap? Go ahead, Ho. Well, yeah, I, I sort of twisted Hum's arm again. I think we're going to do uh, at least a, a five-day hike and probably this time in the southern sections, somewhere probably south of Big Branch. We haven't decided on any details. And eventually, I've been told him that I think we should do the whole long trail and then the Appalachian Trail, and after that, probably the Pacific Crest Trail. What do you say? Huh? <laughs> oh, wow. I think it'll be 110 by that time. <laughs> okay. Well, if, if you commit today, Hum, then it's on the record. Oh, no. Hey, hey, no, I think that the goal of doing the entire long trail, I think, like, like I said before, the long trail is so much uh, more rugged and challenging than the Appalachian Trail, in my experience. But it was it was great experience, uh, and uh, I do look forward to doing in the future uh, more of the northern sections as well. So we'll be continuing to hike. That's for sure. That's that's super. 
Well, I, uh, I do want to thank you both, Ho and Hum, for chatting with us and uh, wish you best of luck in your future adventures. And um, Tumble and I hope to see you on the trail. Well, yeah, that would be great. nice. That'd be great. That's great. That'd be fabulous. All right. Well, thanks very much. Bye-bye. Thank you, Russ. Take care. This has been a presentation of LongTrailPodcast.com. We hope you will return and enjoy future podcasts about Vermont's Long Trail. Until then, this is Ruff of Rough and Tumble, Long Trail, End to End, 2003.